Hey witches, welcome to a one-sided coven conversation. I'm Jenna, and if you've ever been curious about what witches talk about when they get together, then here's your chance to eavesdrop on my part in the coven's Marco Polo thread. I personally have really fond memories of listening in to my mom talk to my aunt and my grandma and her best friend on the landline phone, but I'd only ever hear her side of the story. So it was really fun to imagine what was going on on the other end of the line. So stay, listen in, be a fly on the wall. Happy New Year 2021. We made it. I um, loved getting all of your guys' texts last night and videos. And <laughs> I normally just try to go to bed as early as possible. We, we tend to do the East Coast New Year's with the kids so that, you know, they can go to bed at nine. Just normally I'm like I, an early bird. I, I like I would rather wake up early and go to sleep early. Uh, but, you know, I've been burning the candles uh, that I didn't like finish burning this year. I lit them in the morning at like, I don't know, nine or ten. So they've been burning all day and I really, really wanted to, to wait until midnight, you know, to snuff them and just kind of end 2020 on a kind of more, I don't know, powerful note. So after, you know, the kids went to bed, I don't know, like 9.30, I, of course, you guys aren't going to be surprised, I ridiculously read a book. <laughs> I thought I'd tell you about it though. Um, I keep track of the books that I read every year. And so this was, I had only been keeping track since pandemic hit. And so last night I finished my 40th book of the, of the quarantine time, but it came in the witch box that I subscribed to, uh, or the witch's book, witch box. And it's called dreaming the divine by Scott Cunningham. And now Dreaming the Divine Techniques for Sacred Sleep by Scott Cunningham. So I thought that that was kind of a cool book to read on the final night of, you know, a arguably pretty challenging year in a lot of ways. And then also like a really good year in lots of other ways, you know. Um, is a little outdated in that I felt he, he wrote it in or published it in 1999. <laughs> Or 92. I'm looking at the bibliography. Looks like 99. Um, some of the cultural explorations of sacred dreaming was really interesting. He looked at like, you know, ancient Egypt and Babylon and um, Samaria, but then uh, also looked at like Hawaii and some of the Native American tribes in the United States or in North America, which I found really interesting. But I think that an author in, you know, more recent years would probably do a better job. He does acknowledge like white, you know, settler colonialism. Um, I found kind of the the discussion of the Hawaiian traditions and their conversion to Christianity to be a little bit problematic. One of my really good friends lived 
lived in Hawaii and was really steeped in the culture. And it just, it felt a little bit like a white um, description of a pretty, you know, um, I don't know, complicated or beautiful or, it, you know, like, uh, yeah, just like a religion and spiritual practice that is more in depth and similar with the exploration of the Native Americans um, views on dreaming. It was like you only picked a couple tribes, which is fine because you're just a white guy trying to, you know, give some descriptions of things. But it, it made me think that this topic should be revisited by more indigenous authors and, uh, you know, people of color. So anyway, it yeah, so there were some criticisms that I had of it. But I liked the idea of revisiting because I know that we had talked like, I don't know, early in the springtime, kind of as lockdown sort of happened about uh, dreaming and sleeping. And I know so many of us are like not sleeping great. I kind of been cycling through the different sort of sleep aids, right? Like that mugwort California poppy tincture and um, valerian and and the mugwort pillow, you know, just all sorts of different things to kind of try to induce dreams and or keep me asleep. Um, so it was kind of nice to just sort of revisit that that topic of like dreaming the divine. And it felt it felt really, I don't know, potent to think about that space between going to bed last night and waking up today in a new in a new year. You know, I really enjoyed snuffing out the candles last night. That felt really powerful. I just sat in the dark for a few minutes afterwards and I listened to the fireworks in the neighborhood and the car alarms going off and the normal like festive revelry that would just annoy me because I would like to be asleep. It, it felt different. It felt kind of freeing. Um, so it also felt a little bit like that womb space, like what is going to be birth? Like what has this year been leading up to? How have we been changed? And I don't know. I just feel like reflecting on that and reflecting on what we've built here in our coven and just, I don't think it would have happened, right? If lockdown hadn't happened and if we hadn't been able to like Marco Polo every day, like I don't know if or well even if we hadn't been marco poloing in lockdown uh, you know had happened how would we have kept in co you know in contact would we have would we have done i don't know so much of the the work that feels really like integral like yesterday resetting my altar i don't think i would have had the confidence to reset my altar in such a bold and powerful way even though of course yeah I podcasted about tarot for people and I lead workshops and things, but it's like just having, having you all as my little like spiritual family is, is pretty amazing. Um, I don't know if any of you have done a year ahead spread for tarot, but I, I, I bought a reading from one of my good friends and, uh, she, she did the reading for me and gave it to me last night, kind of to ring in the new year. 
and she was a little hesitant to give me it. She was ner She said she was nervous because the center card, you know, last year my card was Ace of Cups, and I do feel like it was really a year of new beginnings, new kind of journeys in that emotional, intuitive realm. Um, and this card is Nine of Swords, and I mean, it feels so spot on to how I'm going to be invited to, you know, explore the world this year as we're kind of in that liminal state between the way things were and the way things can be. Um, even just thinking about like the vaccine and conversations that I have with friends or even like friends in like the medical profession where they're like, I don't know if I'm going to take the vaccine or am I going to take the vaccine? And, um, and, or am I going to go back to work or am I going to push to go back to the office and, you know, be in person when it's, you know, reasonably safe, or am I going to try to stay home? Kind of all sorts of those discussions. Um, and that kind of feels like nine of swords energy, um, to me. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday because of course I was right as I was hyper-focused on resetting the altar. It was, um, it was a, a podcast that was using instead of the word shadow work was using um dirt work and it was that idea of like digging down into the dirt and the roots and um i really liked that because you know we've got gardeners in this group and we're all trying to kind of grow the mugwort and stuff is that the earth is so alive even if it's underground and kind of getting into those um, those root places and, and nutrients and what's going on kind of underneath the surface. So I really liked that sort of metaphor. And, but one of the things that was coming up in, in that podcast, it was the Between the Worlds with Amanda Yates Garcia, who wrote that, that book that we read, um, initiated and it was all about the suit of swords and kind of how sometimes we try to come at things with the intellect, which I am super, you know, I'm not going to say the word guilty of, but, you know, guilty of, right? Over intellectualizing things. And so the suit of swords scares me, but I feel like I actually live in the suit of swords on the daily and need to embody more. Maybe the suit of pentacles and the suit of cups. I would say I'm real comfy in the suit of wands. So it kind of was a nice, a nice reminder of how that nine of swords can, can show up and be an invitation. It can get in the way that kind of nighttime anxiety. Oh, if you guys don't have a deck handy, the traditional imagery is like a person that's in bed in the middle of the night and there's like nine swords stabbed into the wall behind them or like stabbing out of the wall and it's like a nightmare card <laughs> now the shadowscapes deck that she used was much like friendlier you know but it's still swords and like black birds swirling around in the air and uh, it's still kind of an intense card but i mean i was awake at five this morning after going to bed after midnight so i mean i can relate right so i'm curious did any of you do tarot year ahead what's your card i tried doing a spread for myself for year ahead and of course i got the tennis sword so i'm like okay okay it's the swords year i get it
All right, listeners, I'm curious. How did you spend New Year's Eve? Was it in ritual? Do you pull a year ahead spread for yourself with tarot? How do you usher in a new year? Thank you.